Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about how to financially and logistically prepare for a big trip, and this will be specifically about how to prepare for a big trip um, pertaining to it being abroad, just because I just went on an international trip, and so I want to talk about where I went, what I did, um, the planning of that financially, and then um, so... But a lot of the like financial planning, you can apply that to any trip anywhere. But again, this will be specifically pertaining to abroad or a bigger trip just because that's that's what I did. And so I want to talk about my specific lessons learned um, and things like that. So before I dive in, and the, here's, here are the things I'm going to dive into. I'm going to do an overview of my trip, um, miscellaneous spending costs to remember, Uh, And then part three will be financially planning a trip. Part four will be logistically planning a trip. And then part five will be lessons learned. Okay, so that's how I'm going to break it down. But before I do that, I want to give a little shout out maybe to the girl who is either a thinking about not going on a trip or hasn't been going on trips because you feel guilty for spending money on them or on the flip side maybe you are going on trips but you're still feeling really guilty about them I'm feeling like oh my gosh I'm spending too much money all of these different things as always you know here at deeper than money our the our core mission is not to help you spend as little as possible our core mission is to help you spend in alignment with your priorities And I just want to take a hot second and I don't want to use the word like glorify, but I can't think of a better word. So I'm just going to use the word glorify, but that's not like exactly what I mean. But I just want to take a quick second and kind of like glorify this uh, persona of a woman in her 20s spending significant money on travel and experiences. And again, I am by no means saying that if you're not doing that and that's not what you want to be doing, you're doing something wrong. But again, I feel like if you take two women, let's say, let's say you take two 26-year-olds and one of the 26-year-olds has two kids and is married and, and her majority of her money goes toward her family, right? Like towards daycare, toward things her kids need and whatever else, like our society will look at that and say like, oh my gosh, amazing, incredible, right? Uh, uh, Great. And then on the flip side, in the other scenario, let's say it's a 
26, another 26 year old woman who has no kids, who's, you know, single living by herself and her priority, right? Since she doesn't have that family or doesn't have kids, her priority is travel. Her priority is living her life and doing all those things. And she spends the exact same amount of money as woman number one, but instead of spending on daycare and all those other expenses she doesn't have, she spends it on travel and she spends it on experiences and she spends it on all of that right? Like woman number one. Okay. Let me back up. Woman number two, oftentimes in our society is like, oh my gosh, she spends all of her money. She spends so much on travel. Like how does she have money for that? You know, whatever you hear it all the time in like TVs or movies or even just like people talking. Right. And so it's so interesting because woman number one and woman number two could have the same amount of debt or the same amount of, um, the same net worth or whatever else, but how they're spending, right, is is judged by society on whether or not it's important based on societal norms. And so I just want to encourage you that as a reminder, you're allowed to spend in alignment with your priorities. Uh, some people could look at my spending when it comes to like specifically travel and experiences and things like that and say, oh my gosh, you know, that's way too much. If I had that money, I'd be putting it somewhere else. Cool. I don't care because it's not your money. It's my money. So I will do with it what I want to do with it. And if you are spending your money how you want to, that should be celebrated. That should be celebrated. Again, we never want to do that at the expense of our mental health, at the expense of putting ourselves in, you know, negative financial situation at the expense of our financial future. But we want to be doing those things in alignment, right? We can get ahead with money and be paying off debt and be saving while also taking the trip and while also doing those things if those are a priority for you, okay? So, and again, this is not me judging you if you're not going on the trips and you are instead focusing on other things. My whole point is that regardless of where your money is going, the goal is that it's going toward your priorities while also elevating your life currently financially and also in the future okay so let's let's talk about that first right we got to talk about that first the second thing I want to talk about before I get into the overview of my trip and dive into the things we're going to talk about is this idea of like someday right I think and I think travel is on like I don't have a, a study on that but I'm sure we could find one that would be a study that's like on people's deathbeds, what's something they wish they did more of, right? Travel's got to be up there, right? Travel has got to be up there. Um, But even like, you know, if you talk to your your parents or your grandparents or, um, you know, people who can't travel or maybe even I've heard so many people, so many of like my friends say this of like they have young kids and they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have traveled more like before having kids just because, you know, you have kids and you don't you know, maybe you don't, it's harder to leave your kids or whether that be financially or logistically or just emotionally. Um, I mean, shit, it's hard for me to leave my dogs. So I can't imagine, right, with kids and um, whatever that may be, right, this advice of like, we're not guaranteed time. And so if there is something, if there is a trip that you've said, oh, I've always wanted to go to, you know, Europe, or I've always wanted to go on a I don't know, on a yoga retreat in Bali. I've always wanted to go fishing in Canada. I've always, whatever it is, wherever you've always wanted to go, don't wait for someday, right? Don't wait for someday. I'm not telling you 
like throw it on a credit card, screw your responsibilities and go today. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying start planning it, right? Start planning it. If you can't take a, you know, two week trip to Europe today or next week, that's okay. But just because it's not in the cards for right now, why can't it be in the cards in a year? Why can't it be in the cards for five years? Why can't you start financially preparing, logistically planning for that trip, for that dream trip in a year, in five years, in however long it would take you, right? Don't wait for someday to start planning and start dreaming and start getting it in the works and go, right? Go now, go soon, go once it's planned, but start the planning now because it's those things are so easy to put off. And again, so I, I've been the only other, so internationally, when it comes to international trips, I have gone to, I go to Mexico quite a bit. Um, I've gone for a couple of destination weddings. I've gone, I, I love going to like all-inclusive resorts with, um, you know, on like friends trips or whatever. So I do go to Mexico quite a bit. Love it. Um, and then I've also, in college, I studied abroad in Spain. And then after, I was a livid nanny in Amsterdam. So um, specifically going to Spain and Amsterdam, again, because it's like a huge like commitment to flying and getting to Europe and, and everything. Um, but again, anytime I'm abroad, it is so, it's such a life-changing experience. It really is. It shakes your creativity. It shakes you to your core, just the cultural differences and the beauty of seeing people who have again, such different cultures, such different lives, a different language, like all of these things. It's so beautiful and it's so powerful and I can't recommend it enough. I can't recommend it enough. It just, you really, you really get to see how, how much is out there, right? It's like, it's so easy, especially with like media and things like that to, to be thinking like, this is what it is, right? Like this is how the world works and everybody thinks this way and everybody lives this way. And it's so, that could not be farther from the truth. And so getting out, um, and exploring and seeing is just so cool and so powerful. So couldn't recommend it enough. Um, but yeah, so if that's something, that you're thinking of, whether it's a trip to, you know, a, a, a new state or a new city, whether it's a trip two, two hours away or, you know, 24 hours away, here is your push to say, okay, how can I make this happen? And when does it make most sense for, when does it make the most sense for me to be able to make it happen? Okay. All right. So your, um, your homework before we even get started post this, repost this on Instagram, tag me and tell me where the trip is that you're going to plan. I don't need to know when because you need to sit down and crunch the numbers and everything like that, but I want to know where. I want to know where you're going. Okay, so let's dive in to the basically five parts that we're going to cover today. Again, that is part one is overview. Part two is miscellaneous spending costs or a member. Part three is financially planning. Part four is logistical planning. Part five is lessons learned. Okay, so part number one, overview of the trip. So just going to give you kind of like what I did and everything. So when we're talking about how to plan, you understand like what I did to plan like the type of trip I went on. Okay, so um, first thing is I flew from Kansas City to... Uh, New York 
and then I flew New York to Paris, France. Um, and I, I flew there alone. Um, and so I had some time in Paris exploring and going on, um, a couple tours of like the, the main city. And just, again, it was very much just like the entire thing. And you will see this as we continue to go. My vibe for this trip was I am going to be going to three countries and, and three major cities in a pretty short amount of period of time. And so I want to cover everything. Like I really want to get the like historical backgrounds. I really want to see all of the, you know, big things to see, the big um like shebangs. Why can't I think of that word? The big things for in every place. Um, and that's what I want to spend my time doing just because I was there for such a short period of time. Normally my ideal trip is to like go somewhere and be there for a a long enough time where you have like downtime, right? You can like chill and you can just like go and explore on your own and do that sort of stuff. Whereas this trip was very, very, very structured, which again, it was super fun because I got to see so much in such a short period of time. Uh, but woof. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. I slept like four hours every single night. Okay. So I was in Paris alone. Then, um, I had some time doing that. Then my dad came, which was so exciting. And that was a whole thing in itself because originally he wasn't going to come because he didn't, his passport was expired. And then, you know, because it was expired, he's like, well, I can't go because it would take weeks and then last minute. So I booked my trip probably like a week and a half before I ended up going, which was also a little crazy. And then when I was like, I'm going, this is wild. I wish someone would go with me. And I tried to talk to some friends, but again, of course, that's super wild to go on a last minute, you know, two week trip to Europe, a week and a half um, in advance. And so again, tough to it, it was, you know, no one was able to really swing it, which again, totally fine. Not a problem. I was like, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity. So I'm going to go either way. I just would prefer, you know, I love a travel buddy. We love a good travel buddy moment. So my dad's passport was expired. And then he found a place in Chicago that did same day passport bookings. If you had your flight booked, like if you could bring in your basically ticket that was like, I literally have a flight tomorrow. I need my passport. They would do it for you. So that was a little wild because that was kind of leaving something to chance. We had to have a little hope there just because we booked his flight literally while he still had an expired passport and he went, he drove to Chicago, um, from Iowa to the day before his flight. Cause that was the earliest or the, um, yeah, the soonest he could get an appointment day before his flight to get the same day thing to then leave in the morning. So if something would have gone wrong, then it just, (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it, but it worked. It worked. So we got his passport at like 4 PM and then flew out at 7 AM that next day. So then my dad met me in Paris and the first thing we went to is we went to the Louvre. Um, I actually went to the Louvre by myself because his flight was delayed and he wasn't there in time. And then this kind of sucked. So he was going to meet me there and then he did, but he met me there late. And at the Louvre, 
Okay, I really, I need to fact check this in the comments or in the uh, show notes, but um, in going, how many people go through the Louvre every year? I think in 2019, it was like over 10 million, um, which again, I think I need to like, this will be fact checked in the show notes. So make sure you go and check or you can, of course, Google it yourself. But it was like 20, um, 20 to 40,000 people see go through the Louvre every single day, which what? That's wild. That's wild to think about. And so because of that, because there's so many people there, um, they said it was like closer to 40,000 in the summer when it's really busy, which is like now. So if you think about 40,000 people there, there's like no cell phone service. So my dad gets to the Louvre and all, he was like, yep, okay, I'm coming soon. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let you know when I get there. My Uber's taking me there. And then he got there and nothing. I couldn't get through to him and it was wild because of the cell phone service. So anyway, what ended up happening is I waited in the Louvre thinking he couldn't get in. Um, and he actually got in but couldn't call me. And so I left to go back to the hotel because I figured he would have left and gone back to the hotel. Um, and again, I had already gone through my whole tour. So I spent my time there and um, then so did he. So we both went to Louvre. We ended up not being able to go together because of we didn't have service. And so that was a bummer. But anyway, we went to the Eiffel Tower. We did the Eiffel Tower tour. Um, and then we also did, uh, we just had dinner and then we did a river cruise tour that like went by the Eiffel Tower and went through a lot of the, just showed a lot of the really cool history in Paris. And, um, one thing that I will talk about when it comes to logistics a little bit more, but I, one of the things that was important to me is time, right? The the two resources that are like the biggest trade-off is like time and money. And so since I was only going to be in Europe for such a short period of time, my time was a higher resource to me than money. Meaning, so whenever time is a higher resource than money, you can pay basically to save time, right? You can give time to get money, right? So like, let's say I'm going to work an eight hour shift to make money. You're giving eight hours, you're getting back money. Or I can say, Hey, I'm going to pay to not have to spend that time. Right? So that's what I did. So every single thing, every single tour that we did, we, we paid to skip the line. So literally for the, at the Louvre, for example, there was like a three hour wait to get into the Louvre. Um, and, but when I got there, literally immediately once front of line got in and then had a tour in there, which was incredible. And I did that with every single thing. So I didn't have to wait hours and hours and hours because again, I was only in each of these cities for such a short period of time. So, okay. So those are the main things did in Paris. A lot of just exploring through the city, um, trying different cafes, trying different restaurants, all things like that. But those were the big like tour things that we did. Then we had such a nightmare of a flight, such a nightmare of a travel day. So we flew from, we were supposed to fly from Paris to Barcelona to Rome. And we, uh, like our Paris flight to Barcelona ended up getting delayed 
literally don't know why. Um, but it just ended up getting delayed. The plane wasn't there or something. Got delayed. So we missed our connecting flight from Barcelona to Rome. So the next flight available was like 12 hours later. So we ended up having to wait for 12 hours. But the problem was like, I've missed many a connecting flight. Like it's, it's happened to me many times before, but I've never missed a connecting flight in a different country and no one would help in the airport, right? So normally what I've done in the United States, right, is like, let's say I'm flying Delta and so I miss my connecting flight. I just go up to whatever gate I would have been at and say, hi, you know, my name's Chloe. They're like, oh no, that, you know, it's closed. They already left or whatever. And I'm like, oh no. And then that flight person flight, are they a flight? I don't think they're a flight attendant, but that Delta, um, person who works for Delta at the counter will help and like get you set up in another one. And then usually in the app or they'll give you a boarding pass, bada bing, bada bam. And then you're in the airport. The problem was that no one, everyone was like, Oh, sorry. Like try to find an information desk. Every information desk was closed. And so we were like, Oh my gosh, what are we supposed to do? So we literally had to go out of the airport, go, you know, like do the whole thing, like out of customs, out of all this, then turn around and go back in. But when we're out, then we had to figure out if my bag, my checked bag was going to make it on the next flight since we missed our first flight. So we had to get it rerouted on the same flight we were. So that took hours to wait in line to get, to make sure my bag was going to be there when we landed. So finally, they're like, yep, your bag's going to be there. It's re- it's routed on the same flight. You're good to go. You're going to Rome, bada bing, bada boom. Then we had to go back through security, back through all this, which was, oh my gosh, it was the worst. So we go back through everything, finally get in, go, we we fly into Rome. Um, so we ended up literally missing an entire day, day in Rome, which sucked. We missed all of our tours that day. Um, and so I was really bummed about that. But again whatever. I'm just so happy. Like I got to hang out with my dad all day and we, we really made the best of it. So then when we get into Rome, so we get to Rome, like, I don't know, maybe like 1am or something. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It was like 1am and we wait, my luggage is lost. So we go to them. They're like, Oh yeah, there's not even a like tag on it. Have no clue where it is. Can't find it. Um, spoiler alert. It's now, I don't know, a week later, I'm back in the United States, still have no idea where my luggage is. Um, supposedly it's in Rome, but I have gotten no updates. I don't know where in Rome it is. They just, the thing says like, they'll call you to get it back and still haven't heard anything. So hoping for the best, but did not, still haven't got my luggage. So anyway, they're like, nope, it's gone. We finally get to the, um, hotel like 3 a.m. And then we had tours the next day starting at like 7. Um, so then the time when we were, or like the whole time we were in Rome was totally like historic tours. So we did the Parthenon, we did the Colosseum, we did the Trevi Fountain, we did um, tons of, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the, um, there's like this beautiful historic walk from the Parthenon to the Colosseum and it goes through. And so our tour guide talked through like all the history of, 
um, honestly, the city, like it was, it was more than just like here, here's this historical building and here's this historical building. It was like truly every single piece of, of the city of Rome. Um, I will say it was a very, very, very long tour. It was only supposed to be like two hours that ended up being almost closer to four. And it was a walking tour. It was supposed to start earlier in the day and it ended up starting later. And so it was like, it was so hot. And um, again, just like very, very, very like nitty gritty historic where sometimes it was almost like hard because there was so much stuff. It was like, I don't know. It was just hard to follow a little bit. Like I wish it would have been a little bit more high level and a little shorter because I would have rather covered multiple other things instead of just going like all so hardcore into um, one thing. But like, for example, my dad loved it. He thought it was like perfectly, um, they went into all the like the historical stuff. He loved how nitty gritty it was. So it really depends on kind of like what your, what your vibe is. Um, but did all those, all of like the main things in, um, Rome, I think I already covered most of them, got a lot of gelato, a lot of, um, drank a lot of wine, had a lot of pasta and a lot of food. And it was just, oh my gosh, it was so freaking, so freaking good. Um, so, and I need to like start going faster because I don't want this to be super long. So, um, that was Rome for the most part. Those were the most of the, like the big things we hit. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Then we went to Greece and, um, we flew into Athens and again, Ath- it was, it was so wild because everything like the history behind all these things is hard to comprehend. Um, when we were in Rome the entire time, my dad kept saying 19th century, 19th century, about the Colosseum. Like, that is so wild. And we're like, yeah, wow, that is really wild. And then when we went to Greece, it was like a lot of the, um, like the Acropolis and a lot of the historical things there were fifth century, fifth century. So it, it was just, that was one of the wild things is like, things kept being like, oh my gosh, this was built here. That's so like, how cool. And then it got even, you know, older and older and older. And it, it, again, it's, it's hard. It truly is like kind of hard to comprehend. So, um, flew into Athens because my little brother is studying abroad in Greece right now. And so my little brother actually met us in Rome. I don't know if I said that. So then it was my dad and my brother, um, starting in Rome. And then we w- were there, um, together for the duration of Rome. And then my brother came back with us to Greece so we went to Athens so we could see my little brother's like school and his apartment and things like that. And then um, just explored, just explored a little bit. And then we did a 10-hour boat tour. We went to three different islands. Oh my gosh, that was, oh, it was so beautiful. It was so fun. Uh, everything about it, I absolutely adored. And then um, th- we also did more like, historical stuff. Again, a lot of, um, we didn't do any like main, like paid tours in Greece. Um, but still went to a lot of, um, just like, I don't know, just went went and saw all the like main things, like I said, like the Acropolis and, um, things like that. One thing we did in Greece that was so fun. That was more, um, 
I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, it was like a roller coaster meets dinner. Um, so it's called Dinner in the Sky in Athens. And literally this crane lifts you up. You're in like a roller coaster seat that's attached to this table. And then it lifts you up in the sky and you get served this gourmet six course meal while you're floating over the city, literally by a crane. The table can like spin. And again, you could see the Acropolis in the um, background. You could see the whole city. It was so gorgeous. It was so beautiful. And that was just a cool, I mean, honestly, that would have been a cool experience anywhere, but that was really fun. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of an overview of the trip. Again, it was very go, 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 go. Every single day we were either like catching a flight or catching a a bunch of tours, which normally your girl likes to be in a freaking chair with a drink in her hand, just chilling. So this one was definitely a different, like out of my comfort zone, but for, for the best. So, okay. Couple things to remember for, so part two, we're going to talk about miscellaneous spending costs. Remember, so these are really important before we go into the financially planning part. So before you start financially planning, start with a piece of paper and list out everything that you could think of, of like miscellaneous spending or cost based on the type of trip you want to have. Okay. So I'm just going to name some things I'd written down where I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, So starting with like the big ones, of course, are like flights, right? So yeah, your main flight like to Europe and back, but also your flights like over there to different countries or cities or whatever. Um, And so tours, that was big for me again, based on what I was doing, meals, places to stay, Um, luggage insurance or travel insurance, depending on like what you want to do. So I did luggage insurance. I did not do travel insurance just because I was booking it literally um, a couple days before I would have done uh, travel insurance if I would have been booking it like far out. I normally only do travel insurance on my bigger trips. And you have to be really careful with travel insurance. Again, I'm not telling you to book travel insurance or to not, but it's one of those things you have to be careful with it because some of the times they're covering things that you might already have coverage for, right? Let's say they're like, you're covered for any like medical emergency, but you might already be covered if there's a medical emergency by your health insurance. Um, Or they're like, we're covering you for um, if you miss a tour, but the tour, for example, for what we were doing had a 24 hour cancellation policy. So I didn't really need those covered because I could cancel those within 24 hours. Um, Same thing with hotels, right? I could cancel like a hotel the day before or something. Um, Or my, again, the travel insurance covered luggage, but I just bought luggage insurance separately, which was way cheaper and covered just as much of the luggage stuff. So something to think about, again, for a lot of trips, I don't use travel insurance, um, but sometimes I do. It just, it also just depends on the travel insurance. So make sure you're not just like signing that, especially for like flights and stuff. Okay. So, um, COVID tests, like depending on, again, that's something you just constantly have to be aware of, of where you're traveling because it's changing all the time. Like if you need a COVID test, um, if you need like a same day, or a PCR or whatever else to get into certain countries, 
just look that up um, again because it changes like literally constantly. Okay, snacks for the trip, European plugins, um, European tax on hotels. A lot of times that's not included online. So I booked like through like booking and paying for the trip total. I still had to pay like the European tax um, or the, yeah, I think that's what it's called. So checking your baggage, checking your luggage again, check your luggage. Uh, I, I, here's what I will tell you. People have been DMing me like, oh my God, I'm going to Europe. Like, do I not check a bag? Looking back, I genuinely wish I wouldn't have checked a bag. Um, I wish I would have brought, so I brought my, I had a check bag. I had a little, like a pretty small backpack and then a medium size, like carry kind of not like a duffel, but like one of those little bags like sits on your suitcase. What I wish I would have done is said, screw it to my check bag and then just brought a rolling small uh, carry on and then a big backpack that I could have like shoved a bunch of my stuff in. I really think that would have been better. I wish I would have done that because not having my clothes and all of those things was such a buzzkill. It was such a freaking buzzkill. Um, I know that's like so diva of me, like, oh, poor girl. You know, I felt like in Kardashians when like early on and keeping up with the Kardashians when they're like, Kim's crying. They're like, Kim, there are people dying, you know, cause she's crying about, um, you know, first world problems. And that definitely did feel like a first world problem, obviously, but I was so sad. Um, <laughs> I cried in the airport when they told me that I wasn't, I didn't have my luggage and I wasn't going to have it for the rest of the trip, just because, you know, it's like you, all I had on me was like my airport outfit. And I, I had like one extra thing like in my bag, but it just sucks. Like not having your stuff and, and not just like little things, even now, like I'm back in the U S and all of my favorite outfits are in that check bag, right? Like all of my favorite outfits that I wear every single day are in that check bag. And so not having that even now is just such a bummer. Imagine losing like a, a big ass suitcase of all of your favorite things, right? Buzzkill. So again, I wish I would have just, even if I had to downsize a little bit, but just to bring that stuff, um, especially having connecting flights, because when I lost it, every single person I talked to told me, oh my God, we've never had this many like delays and had this many like lo- much lost luggage ever. This is like, it's insane. So again, if I would have known that, I think I would have probably not checked a bag. Um, yeah, but again, you can absolutely do it. I just, if it's going to impact your trip that much, potentially consider, I don't know, just consider it. Okay. So souvenirs shopping again, this was not, I'm not a big, I'm not a shopper. I'm not like a, let's go to new places and shop. Even in, I know people are like, oh, but in Italy, in Paris, I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not a shopper. I did not want to shop. Um, I had to shop. I had like 20 minutes to go and buy a couple outfits that would fit literally in my backpack um, that was already full of stuff. So I didn't have much room just for the next couple days. I had to buy a swimsuit for the boat cruise, things like that. So I did buy a couple things. Uh, so, you know, shopping, that can be an expense too. So, um, tours, museums, uh, do, 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 do Ubers or taxis. 
that was something really interesting in Europe. So that I didn't know Ubers in Paris, they were pretty quick and I would say they're a pretty normal price. Like I would say they're a pretty normal price for what I would expect in the U S um, taxis and Ubers in Greece were, I'm not, you could not call it. You could not call the taxi or Uber until you were outside standing there ready because they would get there in one minute every single time. And they were so unbelievably cheap. So cheap. Like, oh my gosh, just like, um, oh, so cheap. Okay. Now Ubers slash taxis in Italy, a lot of Uber is banned in Rome. Um, you still can call an Uber, but it's more expensive. But then there's also taxis, but even those are pretty expensive too. And they were hard to get. Um, there's one night that, uh, my dad and I, after dinner called a taxi home from like in Rome. And it was probably, it was a like 35 minute walks so is maybe like a 10, 15 minute drive with traffic. And again, it was probably gonna be a $30 or more Uber or taxi, sorry, but we couldn't find one. Like every single thing was like canceled, 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 canceled. So we had to freaking walk like 35 minutes home. And so that was, that was definitely a bummer, especially because the only shoes I had were these just basically horribly no support sandals that I just bought that day. Um, so I was, I was bummed about that, but that was interesting when it was, when it came to planning for taxi Ubers, et cetera, that it was, there was such a vast difference between like Greece and, and Italy, for example. Okay. So those are some things to consider. Um, okay. Part three, financially planning. So here are the steps. Number one, start with a blank sheet of paper in your phone, notepad, in a notebook, whatever. Number one, start with how much you are wanting or ready to spend and then round up, okay? And if you're like, but I have no clue, that's fine. Start with $1,000, start with $5,000, start with $10,000. It doesn't matter, just start with something because you can always go back and be like, whoa, that's, if that's the trip, if this is the trip I wanna do, I'm gonna have to increase my budget or I'm gonna, that's, you know, I'm gonna have extra or whatever else, but just start with a number. Number two, pick the vibe of the trip. Do you want to get there and sit on a beach or do you want to constantly do tours and have to Uber from here and there and all those different things? Because those are very, like you can go to Europe and just like chill or you can go to Europe and do all of the different things um, like I did. And those are obviously there's like different costs associated with that. Okay, so figure out the vibe. Um, number three, when do you want to go? So how long do you have to save for this? Do you have a month to save for this? A week? Do you have six months? Like how, what's the plan? Then what you need to do is you can literally just divide, here's how much I need, divided by here's how many months I have to save for this. So I need to be saving X amount per month. Okay. And then you ask yourself, how can I do this? Right? How can I do this? Um, and then again, that's where you can look into, is that something I can just set aside in my savings? Do I need to start looking into donating plasma or like doing something to bring in that cash flow to set aside or sell things or whatever else, um, to be able to do that? Or is this something you want to cash flow, right? So for me, I literally made this decision a week and a half before the trip that that is not like, 
that doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for me to say, okay, if I'm going in a week, I need to set aside, you know, X amount per day in order to do that. No, that didn't make sense. And again, that wasn't something I necessarily had planned on doing. And so because it was just very last minute, I just moved some things around, right? So I just took some money out of like my savings um, and threw it into pay for the trip. And then literally while I was there, replenished that money of into my savings. So basically just like backdated it and it's already refunded um, and set aside. So that's not wrong, right? That's not like you can absolutely do it that way as well. Because again, I don't want to just constantly be setting money aside. I don't need to have set aside, which is why I only keep the bare minimum because I'm also fine with moving things around, if that makes sense, right? So, um, but that's what we want to do. Start saving X amount per month prior to the trip. Okay. So now that you know that total, when do you need it by? This is important because you, even though you might be going on the trip in a year, you might need half of that in six months for when you book it because, you know, you need to buy plane tickets or buy housing and that needs to happen, you know, before you go. Um, And then how much will you want in spending money? Again, the biggest thing I can recommend is that you don't want to go on the trip and constantly be stressed about how much you're spending or like nickeling and diming or feeling guilty. And so really rounding up on everything. And then if you spend less than that, great. Um, And then the last thing when it comes to financially planning for something is what is worth paying extra for and what isn't. If you would have asked me five years ago, is it worth paying um, extra to... Uh, skip the line. I would have said, absolutely not. I'll wait in the line. But now I'm like, my time is so valuable. And if I only have a couple days in this place, I don't want to spend all day. Let's say, let's use the Louvre, for example. The Louvre in Paris, again, was like a three hour wait. I got there and immediately spent three hours inside and then left to go to my next tour and then went to the Eiffel Tower. If I would have had to wait three hours and then spend three hours in the loop, that's six. I would have missed. I wouldn't have been also, I wouldn't have been able to also go to the Eiffel Tower tour. So to me, having that time free to be able to skip the line and not have to wait is so valuable to me, worth paying for 100%. There's been times in my life where that wouldn't have been worth paying for. So figure out to yourself what is worth paying for, what isn't. Another thing I invested in um, and paid for was I flew first class on the way there. Unfortunately, on the way home, that was not an option. Um, there were no first class seats available. Um, so I f- did not. But um, again, I don't even know if I would have because I don't know what the cost would have been associated with that. But flying first class the way there was like the best decision ever because then I was able to get there well rested and jump into the day instead of being... Because the problem is I flew out at... 9 a.m. in Kansas City, and I got there at 5 a.m. in Paris. But really, because it's a seven-hour time difference, it was still nighttime at home. So really, you kind of like miss the whole time to sleep. So you have to sleep on the plane there or else you're, you know, super jet lagged. So because I flew first class, I was able to like sleep so well laying down. It was unbelievable. It was like, I felt like a queen um, and eat and like all those things and then get there and have a day instead of, 
you know, not being able to do that, not having good sleep, and then being hella jet lagged. And I was still jet lagged, but not nearly as much as I thought I'd be. Um, so another thing that's worth paying for for me is staying in nice, safe hotels. You know, instead of, you know, like the hotel, for example, might be nicer than staying in Airbnb, or it might be just like the fact that, you know, staying in a, um, a hotel that like has 24 hour security or things like that. When I'm traveling alone as a young, as a young woman, I hate saying young woman, but as a young woman, like I want to, I'm, it is worth it to me to have that extra like layer of like feeling really safe rather than like, you know, meeting up with someone and staying in an Airbnb or whatever else. Like, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but to me, I value that. So figure out what's worth paying for for you and what isn't and kind of draw those things up before when it comes to financially planning for up. Okay, next part, um, part four, logistically planning. Here's the thing. Your girl did not logistically plan much. I love working with a travel agent. When you work with a travel agent, here's how it goes down. You reach out. You're like, hey, I'd like to go on this trip. Here's when I want to go. Here's the vibe. Here's what I'm thinking. Can you plan it? Like, that's literally what I did. That was a conversation. And she was like, yep. And then she would come back and be like, okay, what do you think of this, 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 and this? And then I would be like, okay, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. Let's do this. Let's not do this. And then she'd be like, okay, great. Boo, 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 boo. And then she'd come back and like, and then I would just like say, no, let's do this. Let's change this. And then she would book everything for me. And it's amazing because you can also give her the budget, right? You can say, here's how much I plan to spend, um, on this, this, and this, and this. And so can you fit everything in there? And then she can give you options, which is so nice, right? Or like saying, I'd like to go between this date and this date, but I'm flexible on a win because then she can look up um, what are the best options. Another thing that's nice about travel agents is they're paid through the airline or the cruise or the resort or the hotel package or whatever. You're not paying them, which is so cool. Um, so amazing. Um, because again, they're able to get you lower cost things and they're being paid by the, by the, uh, like travel site. So I always work with a travel agent for bigger trips like this. And then also I have to give a huge shout out to Haley, um, who's my assistant because she was such a godsend, like truly such a godsend. Um, especially when I lost my luggage of helping me like deal with all that and like finding things out and whatever else. Um, And then again, also having like everything laid out ahead of time for my travel agent, people were asking me like, how did you decide what, what, um, tours and all of this and all that? I didn't, I literally didn't. I told my travel agent, here's what I want to do. And she literally booked everything. Um, if you are someone who likes booking things yourself, the, like it was called Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R. Um, was the booking site that everything, all of the different like tours and things were through. So you can just literally Google like skip the line Eiffel Tower tour um, or skip the line, the Louvre, skip the line Coliseum, all things like that and type that in. And then you could, I'm sure, book that online by yourself. Okay. So again, I cannot help you that much with logistically planning because I don't, I'm not, I don't do it. I use a travel agent and I recommend everyone should because it's the best thing ever. And then lastly, part five lessons learned. I already talked about some of these, but number one, I wouldn't have brought a check bag with me 
with when you have different airlines and different connecting flights because that was a bummer. Um, next one. So some of the tickets were actually a pain to get the tickets for. Like, I will say that some of them were super easy, but some of them, like, you got the online ticket, but then you had to take the ticket there, and then the day of they sent you a ticket, but sometimes they wouldn't have service, again, because, you know, I'm in, I'm in Europe. Um, oh, oh my gosh, I should have talk, talked about that earlier. Buy an international cell phone plan. It was, for me, I have Verizon. It was $100 for a month. I didn't need a month, but that was, it was either $10 there or $100 a month, so it made more sense since I was there for more than 10 days. $100 a month, um, and you got, like, I, I forget how much it was, like, five gigs of data, and then, uh, like, 1,000 sent texts, and 500 received, or something like that, but I don't know, I never really paid attention to it, I just used my phone, and I never even got close, so that was so worth it, um, last time I was in Europe, I didn't have a phone that worked, only on Wi-Fi, and that sucked, like, using maps and stuff to get along, so that was 10 out of 10 worth it. So that wasn't a lesson learned. That was like a, that was smart. Um, but again, so some of the tours were tough to get tickets for and it was just kind of a hassle. So I wish, I feel like that's more of just like a feedback for the site of like, I wish they would just give you your tickets so you had them. Um, because that was just like kind of confusing. I'd print off everything in advance because then you have them instead of like having to download um, I wish I would have had more time at the Louvre because it was so unbelievable and so cool. And I mean, you could explore for like ever in there. Um, I wish I would. I mean, honestly, the Eiffel Tower one was so cool, like going up in it. But like if I were to go back, I don't think I would go up in it again. I think I would just like go and have a picnic in front of it because Yes, it's so cool to be inside of it, but the cool part of it is seeing it. You know what I mean? So when you're inside of it, you don't really see it. So it's fun to do that once. But other than that, I think I would experience it from the outside. Um, I mentioned this a little bit, but for the um, Colosseum and Parthenon tour that I did in Rome, it was super long and I wish it would have been a little bit of a shorter tour so I could have covered more things instead of covering that at like such length. Um, again, I wish I would have put a few, a few more like cute and versatile outfits in my carry-on, even if I did have a checked bag, because that was a buzzkill. And, um, I think those were, those are my big lessons learned. So again, I hope this helps. I know this was a longer podcast episode, but I wanted to tell you a little bit more about my trip just because honestly, I have so many pictures and so many videos and I truthfully did not really post that much when I was there of them just because I was just experiencing it, honestly. And so I want to tell you more about my trip, encourage you to, even if it's just planning the trip for five years, for 10 years, get the girls, get the family, get you know your partner, like whatever it is, get it on the calendar and make it a thing, bring it into fruition because it's just so, so unbelievable. And I, I want you to have that. And again, you're allowed to spend your money elevating your life and, and spend it on your priorities, however, um, whatever they are. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Deeper the Money podcast, and we'll see you back next week. <laughs>